Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 20th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've got a big show for you planned today. Curtis Hill is going to be joining us. We're going to hear from Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. And also uh, John Russ will be joining us in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about how the Biden administration is uh, requesting for long range missiles to go to Ukraine. So last week, the Senate passed that $95 billion foreign aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Uh, It's not clear when or if the House is ever going to vote on this because the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is saying, nope, it's DOA. We're not even going to talk about it. But in the meantime, the Biden administration is still saying, yep, we want to send these long-range missiles over there to Ukraine. They have sent medium-range missiles. The United States does not have a huge stockpile of these long-range missiles. And if we were to send them, they our our own inventory would need to be replenished isn't it odd how invested we are in giving ukraine seemingly all of our stuff stuff we don't even have right (laughs) stuff that we don't have a lot of i mean look i'm all helping a neighbor and helping a friend but ukraine is neither neighbor nor friend uh so why are we doing this Like, what are we doing? What is the end goal here? When does this end? When is it over with? Somebody, I would just like somebody to please answer that question of when it is over. You're never beating Russia. It doesn't matter how much you send them. And by the way, if it's just we got to outlast Putin, the next guy will be equally as bad. And so you're just never going to win this. So we've got uh, Kamala Harris, who is that renowned uh, foreign policy expert. She was asked about this and how Ukraine is doing. And this is what she said. Do you think that Ukraine can survive a year this year on the battlefield without American aid? Ukraine needs our support and we must give it. Why? Why must we? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, other than uh, like, a, uh, what's the word we're using? We're using money laundering, right? Mm. We're not using foreign aid anymore. We're using the term money laundering. And we've seen it happen before where how much of that Ukrainian money ended up in the hands of the FTX guy? How much of that Ukrainian money ended up coming back into the hands of Democrat donor uh, of Democrat politicians because of the money given by I mean, the money goes, so it goes from the government to Ukraine. Ukraine takes the money, gives it to the FTX guy. The FTX guy then gives a bunch of it to Democrat politicians. If that's not money laundering, Casey, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm open to other words that we should be using. (laughs) So Joe Biden said yesterday that he's willing to meet with the uh, House of Representatives Speaker, Mike Johnson. He wants to discuss that funding bill for Ukraine. And he said that the Republicans are making a big mistake by opposing the aid package. So they're going to talk. They're not going to talk. Now, you know, Mike Johnson has said, yeah, he wants to talk. And then Biden blew him off. And then now Biden's coming back saying, yeah, no, we we should really talk about this. But why doesn't he talk about the border? Why doesn't he spend this amount of time talking about the border? The priority is always other countries. It's always other people. It's never us. The priority is never the American people. And this is why when you look at the condition of this country and you look at the apathy for 
politics in this country and for government and involvement in government. This is why people think it doesn't matter. People think that no matter what they do, it doesn't matter because the politicians are not looking out for them. So I think it's really interesting that Biden was uh, outside of his house in Delaware. He was on vacation and he was saying that they need to come back. They're off for two weeks. The guy who's taken more vacation yes, time than anybody. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Pot, this is Kettle. You're black. But uh, Congress not due back in Washington until February 28th. And when they get back there, they're facing a deadline. It's a partial government shutdown approaching on March 1st. So here's another opportunity for the Republicans, whether it's border security or energy independence or getting federal spending under control, whatever the priority that they campaigned on, whichever priority they campaigned on, here's another opportunity where they hold all the cards. This is about the fourth or fifth time, fifth time now, I think, that they've had either debt ceiling or these, you know, funding the government uh, up against government funding bills, and they've done nothing. So if indeed you really care about border security, if indeed you really care about federal spending, if indeed you care about energy independence, whatever the thing might be, here's another opportunity for you to prove that I don't think they really care, Casey. It is 11 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And there is a new economist, YouGov poll. And uh, I thought this was interesting because they asked the question a little differently. And the question was asked, uh, who do you believe will win the election, the presidential election? Not who do you want, but who do you believe will. Exactly. And that's the difference. It wasn't who do you support? uh, Who do you think will do a better job? It was who do you think will will win and of course Donald Trump came out on top with 45% of the vote and Joe Biden got 34%. What was what was the number? 45 to 34. Okay. And then 21 remain undecided. Okay, like, so Like still ask who do you think will win? Well, I don't know, I'm undecided. Um okay, so this is fa- so think about all the stuff they've thrown at Trump and we've talked about this now for over a year that it comes a point where if you make so much noise, people just t- turn out all the noise that you make. You know, they thought, oh, $355 million. We got him. Ha ha ha. E. Jean Carroll, we got him. Ha ha. It doesn't matter. P- people are not going to vote based on now. The one thing I think that might hurt Trump is if there was some sort of felony conviction in one of these criminal cases. But again, the Georgia thing looks like it's going to crumble based on the fanny what you talking about willis stuff Mm -hmm. you got the other the election interference case which is indefinitely on hold and who knows with this jack smith thing what's going to happen with the documents but again people are going to look and go wait a second even if they convicted him of some of the documents people are going to say but Biden did the same thing, and the and the prosecutor decided, ah, he's too old and feeble to stand trial. So we're going to vote for the guy that uh, might be a criminal, or we're going to vote for the guy that uh, might be a criminal and is too old and feeble. I'll take the guy that might be a criminal who has his wits about him. It's interesting to note because... When you go along party lines, there's a big confidence gap. And, you know, we were supposed to have that red wave, right? Didn't happen. All these elections that were supposed to be this tsunami of conservatism, and it just never happened. And yet, when you ask Republicans, 84% say, oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be Trump. Compared to Democrats, only 73% of Democrats say, oh, yeah, it's going to be Biden. But, but, but I think what you're seeing with that, and it, to bring this conversation full circle, is the lack of the, the politicians, the government, and this is true at government at, at all levels, have yet to give people a reason to believe in them. 
They've yet to give people a reason to be passionate about what they're doing because their actions prove they're not on the side of the people. They're on the side of the donors, of the lobbyists. The Ukraine, the, the Ukraine stuff is insane, Casey. Mm -hmm. The Ukraine stuff is insane that you are proposing giving a foreign country that is not even our friend and not even in NATO more than the entire budget of the Marine Corps in 2023. That's crazy. The average person looks at that and says, what the hell are you people doing that you care so much? Let's not act like this is just about Russia. People look at this and go, what is going on here? There is more to it than this. And how can you possibly be this dedicated to some country that doesn't even like us when you won't secure the southern border? Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, uh -huh. and also oh, Mrs. You, Wonderful. You so badly want to talk about Kimberly Guilfoyle's boobs, and I think you're gross, Casey, but I'm being <laughs> held against my will okay, here. Okay, if we have to, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Good morning. It is 20 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob, I know you're waiting. You're dying to talk about this. Kimberly Guilfoyle and her latest post on X. It's actually, I'm sure it was on Rumble, but uh, it, here it is. Uh, Jason, can we uh, can we hear what she has to say first? An exciting show. He's back. One of your all-time favorites, the founder of Revolver News, top investigative reporter Darren Beatty joins us to talk about the deep state what they're up to right now, Merrick Garland, all of the above, and how they want to control this country and take the election in 2024. You don't want to miss it. 4 p.m. Tune in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so Kim Kimberly Guilfoy. So she has some sort of show somewhere mm -hmm. now? It's, uh, it's on Rumble two times a week. Oh, okay. So Kimberly Guilfoy, for those of you who don't know, she was on Fox News for years. She's a legal background. I think she was on Court TV mm -hmm. before that. She's a, a lawyer. She was famously married to Gavin Newsom. For about five years. Um, yeah, and then she had a, a – she's been married multiple times, mm -hmm. which is fine. And I uh, was just trying to keep track of the husbands, and then she married a very – I think the guy was like a furniture heir or something, and, and they had a child together. She is now engaged, I think, to Donald Trump Jr. Mm -hmm. And a free full disclosure, and many of our longtime listeners will remember, will remember this, that back when I used to notice people's appearances – I had a <laughs> bit of a thing for Kimberly Guilfoyle. She mm -hmm. was, uh, she was, as I recall, to the best of my ability, very well assembled mm -hmm. at, at one point. Mm -hmm. And she was on that show, The Five, on Fox. Yep. And they kind of had a little bit of a blueprint for how they were to entice male viewers. And it usually involved her sitting at the side of the table. And then the other chick who disappeared, uh, Tanteros, who's totally just disappeared off the face of the earth, they, Andrea Andrea Tanteros, and they would both sit on the sides of the, the at a little kind of like U-shaped table, and um, she would give hot takes on various things, and it was kind of great because it was like five minutes of her talking for the whole hour. Mm -hmm. And were you really listening that Well, way? look, again, that was a long, as Bob Dylan once said, 
This wasn't another lifetime one of toil and blood, Casey. And mm-hmm. I don't really remember back then, and I'm just a different person now. But as I recall, it was a pretty well-formatted show, and I think every day at 5 o'clock I was watching Fox News. Yeah. However, sure. everything is good in moderation, Casey. And then she got totally involved in the Trump campaign orbit and obviously involved enough that she's now engaged to Donald Trump Jr. And she she has not aged to the level I think there was a reasonable expectation of. And it's just, it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. And you're very upset because in this, <laughs> no, you were just came in here, you were just irate. I was not. You were just throwing things, you were pounding your hand on the podium. Sure. The, I was worried you were going to start ripping microphones out mm-hmm. of their stands. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, she, you can see the sidular area. Uh-huh. Of her, an underboob, chestular. <laughs> she looks like Elvira. Let's just put it out there. She looks like an Thank aging you. Elvira. Thank you, Jason. Uh-huh. Yes, and, and and this is look. Everybody ages, mm-hmm. and some people age better than others. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna go pull this quote from somebody I really admire, and I, you tell me if it applies here, Casey. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, and this was a Bruce Springsteen quote, of actually. Course. With countries just like with people, it's easy to let the best of yourself slip away. (laughs) And all I'm saying is what I recall happening 10 years ago is no longer happening here. Mm -hmm. Gravity has taken full force. Mm -hmm. But you're you're mad at the showing of the boobular area. That's got you upset. I'm not really mad at it. I think so. She's wearing a very low cut. Uh, it's it's a V V cut yes. neck, which she's done many many many, many 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 yeah. times, and she wore something as I recall. I don't totally remember. I that is a distant memory at this point. She used to wear equally as revealing mm-hmm. clothes on the mm-hmm. the Fox Five on Fox, but she's also kind of leaning forward on the desk. Yes, and it it almost looks like the desk is propping her up, <laughs> like they're they're resting on the desk. Yeah, and the thing is so. Some of the comments are, um, you know, I have the volume turned down. She makes a solid point. What was she saying? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, no clue what she said. But then there's other people who are saying, okay, is this supposed to be sexy? Uh, because it's really not a good look. Right. And that's the thing. She, at one point, she was considered for the position of Donald Trump's press secretary. I'm sure she was. She was on Fox because of her legal expertise. Oh, yeah, absolutely, you without know, a doubt. A Casey. legal analyst. It was, it was Johnny Cochran and F. Lee Bailey and Kimberly Guilfoyle. If you were to take great legal minds to uh-huh. break down various law-related issues, absolutely. Here's the thing, Casey. You can dismiss her all you want in that area, but she clearly is a smart woman. No, absolutely. Absolutely. She's married many, many very rich people, and she's doing very well for herself. And she's sitting there on camera like that with, you know, I mean, it's about to slip out. She knows exactly what she's doing. Here is my thing with this, though. She's 54 years old. Now, Mm -hmm. not to say that that's in any way old by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) But what I'm saying is there comes a point as Mm -hmm. a mother Mm -hmm. and as a 50, it's like Madonna. It's just stupid ridiculous at this point. You need to dress your age. Thank you, Jason. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes, it's it, everybody knows you have them. Mm-hmm. We've known for 15 years you have them. Mm-hmm. Many of us, you won our hearts with them when we were younger, more single people than we are today. We know they're there. 
but you're 54 years old and you are about to be married or you know who knows if they'll ever actually get married but you're in the first family or one of the first families of the United States your father-in-law or future father-in-law is about to run for president again come on lady you're 54 years old I don't think age has anything to do with it I think it's just unnecessary and as you mentioned the family that she is a part of have a little bit more decorum like you show off the cleavage that's fine but not that much like it doesn't it's so low cut it doesn't have to go all that way down and it doesn't look like she has any um support <laughs> so like i said they're like practically sitting on the table yeah um <laughs> they're not up uh, and i will say this and i this may be the last break i ever do on this radio station and if indeed it is i've had a lot of fun with you people the last eight years and it's just been a blast and thank you i'll stop recording well, so there's no proof <laughs> okay so when i let's see 15 years ago i would have been 25 years old mm -hmm. and at 25 to see a 39 40 year old uh young available mother who clearly has the aura of i'm back out on the prowl not that she ever would have been with like a local town councilman or you know a small business owner in indiana what he's trying to say is rob's always had a fascination with cougars mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's something at 40 where you're like okay that's kind of interesting but at 54 haven't you entered the elder statesman phase of your existence where we need a new kind of song and dance here I see. I just. I don't think it has anything to do with her age. I think she's beautiful. She still looks incredible. Um, it's no, just, no, wait, wait, wait. It's not necessary no, though. No, time like, out. She can you... show a little bit, but not that much. Time out here, Casey. You were you were uh, accusing her of being bald earlier. You were. I did not. I said <laughs> many people are saying she's wearing a wig. And a you wig? Said, I'd be I the think, same wig she's had forever. Yeah, same hair. Yeah, I think those are extensions. I don't think it's a wig. Probably, I think those yeah. are hair extensions. I don't know. I'm not her. I don't know what's on her head. Have, you ever, just, have you ever had hair extensions? No. Would you ever have hair extensions? I, I don't know. Don't judge them until you tried them, Casey. That's I, all I'm saying. I, I don't I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Do I, Are you telling me no, something? No, I just, uh, you know who else What are you is, saying? Well, you're not 54 yet, Casey, so. <laughs> Or, or maybe I'm exactly 54, Jason. Hey, you know who's never had hair extensions either and totally doesn't need them? Kurt Arley. Yes, and he's up next with the news. It's Kendall Lee Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Kinda, and the impact could be very big for a lot of Hoosiers. Mm -hmm. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. Of course, Casey, we're talking about the Supreme Court kind of ruling, yeah. kind of not, yep. in the John Rust case. Not saying whether the law, the ballot access law, is constitutional or not. Simply saying they were going to stay the ruling of the lower court judge. Pretty much what the other guy said. And Do that, that. And a lot of people think that kind of might have sort of screwed John Rust. Let's find out. He joined us now, John Rust, here in the WIBC studios. All right, John, kind of take us through where you were, what your response was when you heard this kind of sort of ruling from the Supreme Court. Well, it was a surprise. You know, I was very surprised. I was not expecting that. Um, 
I really, you know, still believe the Indiana Supreme Court will find for the rights of 81% of Hoosiers to run for political office. You know, in the end, I think that's the most important thing here. It's not about my candidacy. It's about the rights of, you know, most Hoosiers to participate in our democracy. Uh, I think some of us were just kind of taken aback because they didn't rule for you. They didn't rule against you. They didn't rule at all. They just stayed in order that they previously had declined to stay. And so a lot of people kind of reading the tea leaves said, hey, they're not going to stay this judge's order, which was in your favor, said you could run. Maybe they're leaning towards you. I think a lot of people are just kind of confused right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, when this goes in front of the Indiana Election Commission next week, um, when people see that, you know, I have 17,000 signatures, more than 2,000 more verified signatures than Jim Banks. I have more signatures than Jim Banks in his home congressional district that, you know, I have more popular support by signatures than Jim Banks. Mm-hmm. How can the Election Commission take me off the ballot, which I'm on now, when I have way more signatures than Jim Banks? I've noticed uh, not only through the commercials that you're airing on this radio station, but also through your ex account, it seems like you're still campaigning, even the Lincoln Day dinners that you're continuing to go to. Is that your plan? You're going to yes. act like this never happened? Well, I'm still on the ballot today, and so I am c- continuing to campaign. I will c- keep going until, you know, in the end, this will probably end up in front of the United States Supreme Court if the su- Indiana Supreme Court rules against me. So I will keep fighting this, and I will keep campaigning every day. Well, I think that's part of the uh, one of the reasons I think it, this still remains of immense interest. There's some weird world where you you could win this case yet not be able to run for office. And I, I just think people are kind of looking at that going, what is going on here? Hey, if the Supreme Court's going to rule against you. They're going to rule against you. But the idea that they didn't rule at all, I think that has some people kind of upside down on on the fact that you could conceivably win this case yet be ineligible to run. Well, and it's still doing the right thing for Hoosiers. You know, I want to make sure that 81 percent of Hoosiers can run for political office in the future. It's just too important you know, of a subject not to to just let die. We have to fight for everyone to be able to participate in Indiana politics. And right now it is strictly for the elites and the party um, controlled people. Now, you've said that you'll take this all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if need be. And you've also been quoted as saying that you will make this your life's mission. So even if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court, are you still going to try and change the law? Yes. Um, You know, I'm 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 in this to win because we have to do what's right for Indiana. You know, we are so sick of Indiana politicians who are just in it for themselves. You know, the the darkroom insiders and all this stuff, you know, that's not right. People should be able to run for political office in Indiana. And, you know, as with the stay back in there today, you know, you cannot. And that's wrong. Yeah. John Rust is our guest. We're kind of talking about the avenues he has going forward. This is a huge case. The way the Supreme Court rules, it'll affect something like 80 percent of the, the state who are currently ineligible um, to run. And I want to get to kind of what the next steps are going to be for you. Let's start with you've got to go in front of the Indiana Election Commission. Is it next week? Is that right? Yes, I think it's Tuesday. Um, and I would ask people to please call the Indiana Election Commission, area code 317-232-3939, and let your voice be heard that we believe all Hoosiers should be able to run for political office and that 81% of Hoosiers should not be banned. Well, it's interesting because, and look, I'm it's been many, many years now, but remembering that Todd Young hearing where he didn't get those signatures, one of the things that they were hanging their hat on was, well, all these people, thousands of people signed his petitions, which they did, that's correct, 
And if we're going to, you know, kind of err, it's going to be on the side of letting someone stay. Now, again, somebody may say, Rob, you've totally suffered from amnesia, and that didn't happen at all. But as you mentioned, you turned in, what was it, 17,000 17, Over 17,000 signatures. So my logic would be, if you're such a non-Republican, why did 17,000 people, or you're such a non-entity, why did, how do we disenfranchise all of those people? Well, I think that's why the bank's, bank's campaign went into panic mode when I had so many more signatures than they did. I thought they thought they could just challenge me on my signatures and throw me off the ballot that way. And when I came in and blew them away with way more signatures than they put in, you know, I think, you know, I don't know what's went on behind the scenes, but suddenly, you know, now they have to find another way to try to keep me off the ballot because I don't think Jim Banks can be elected if he has any competition. I think they have to force him down the throat of Hoosier voters. Well, I, I, well here, and here's the thing I hate, because Banks is being challenged on something, too, and I have no idea if that's legitimate, if that's going to hold up, if it's going to pass the test. Don't don't know. But I hate all of this, because in the case of Banks, it appears like it may have been some sort of clerical error, a box not being checked. In yours, it's like you didn't vote in enough Republican primaries. You're a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. Jim Banks is a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. You both should be able to run, and I just think it's horrible we spend this much time, and the system is set up to be able to spend this much time and resources, whether it's you, whether it's Jim, whoever, to keep people from running for elections they're forced to fund. Right. He had the number of signatures to get on. You know, it's 4,500. He and I both got that. I, you know, I blew him away with way more than him, but, you know, he did meet that qualification. So as far as I'm concerned, he should be on the ballot. There's also been a challenge about your residency. Can you speak about that? Um, I think that's been completely dropped because it's just so stupid. Um, you know, my mailbox is, was a mile and a half away from my house, you know, and Jim Banks's mailbox is 580 miles from the state of Indiana. And I think when people see that, they just think, that's crazy. Why are you talking about his mailbox being a mile down the road? It's Well, there's no dispute you live in the state of Indiana, yes. which you're supposed to do to run for U.S. Right. There's yes. no dispute whether you and live. I've, and right. I've lived in the same house. I'm living in the same house today. It's where my voter registration is. It's where my driver's license is. You know, there is no question that my residency is 100% legit. Yet. That's just okay. Just insanity to say otherwise. Here's one of the things we've t- we've talked about, and you've always been a you know you've always been able, willing to come in here and answer the questions. One of the questions that got asked, I think it was Massa asked this. I'm maybe paraphrasing, but at the Supreme Court hearing, so you voted in the last primary you voted in was a Republican primary in 2016. 2016. The question was, why couldn't you have just voted in another Republican primary? And some people might look at that and say hey, maybe that judge has a point with that question because it wasn't like your first primary was 2022. It was eight years ago. Do you have an answer for that, why you haven't voted in another primary? Well, and mostly as... And this is why, you know, 81% of Hoosiers don't vote in the primaries like that. Is, there's no choice. You know, why go to the bother to show up if you only have one choice? You know, and that's what they're trying to do with Jim Banks. He will be the only choice for the U.S. Senate, according to the Republican establishment here in Indiana. So, And that discourages people from voting. Indiana is dead last in every state in our nation for voter participation. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. And, yep. and here's the thing, and John, maybe you can speak to this. John Rust is our guest, a couple minutes left with him. Mike Braun did something similar, and he's some beloved senator now, which is his argument, because I remember him saying, well, I voted in these Democrat primaries when he was a school board member or whatever because I didn't have any Republicans to vote for. And he's not only a beloved senator, he's the front runner for governor, and you do it, and you're like some George Soros plant. Well, <laughs> what's the difference? I, I don't think there is any difference. I, it's insanity, and you know, you know, the George Soros thing—that's just bizarre. I mean, it's. 
you know, I'm a chicken farmer from Seymour, Indiana. Have you ever met George Soros? <laughs> nope, never. Have. Okay, all right. Well, we just want to make sure. I understand he's very wealthy. But I've, I've never got a penny from him. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So we've said on this broadcast, Rob, you've said it many times. If you don't like the candidates, leave it blank. Yeah. Uh, hold them accountable that way. And you're saying, John, that that's what you did. You left it blank. Well, you know. I had no, cho- there was no choice. So why go to vote if there's not a choice? Yeah. Did they say anything about what about an 18 year old who hasn't had the opportunity to vote? Yes. And, and that's why I think this will eventually be thrown out because an 18 year old, if you live in a rural area, t- it takes four years to qualify on the two primary rule. You know, so you'd have to be 22 years old before you could run for political office in the state of Indiana, even though you're 18 years old to vote. Yeah, it really is about these election laws are about keeping undesirables from participating. And I think that's what's so frustrating to me. Look, it doesn't affect me. I'm totally in. However, as we talked about yesterday in 2008, there was this Operation Chaos that Russ, R- Rush did mm-hmm. and encouraged people to participate in. Many, many high-ranking and elected Republicans were giddy over that happening in Indiana as it helped you know, kind of sway the election for Hillary Clinton. And yet today, if you did that, you would be ineligible to run as a Republican. If you participated in an Operation Chaos, you would be ineligible essentially for the next two or four years or whatever because you have to vote for two primaries in a row. Well, they keep changing the rules. You know, for instance, Henry County had a straw poll on Saturday and I was there and, you know, but they canceled the straw poll for the Senate part because Jim Banks did not show up. You know, according to the rules of the straw poll, I would have won yeah. because I was there. And if you were not there, you were ineligible to receive any votes. So and technically, you know, had it been held, I would have won. Everybody should want competition because that's how we hold people accountable. And look at what Todd Young has done the last two years since he got reelected without any primary competition. So what's next for you? Well, it's the Indiana Election Commission. So I just, you know, I beg the Indiana Election Commission to look out for the interest of Hoosiers. Look out for the interest of the 17,000 people that signed my petition signatures to be on the ballot. Let's let democracy work. Let's let people have a choice. John Rust, if people want to know more about you or what you're doing or keep uh, keep tabs on this, how can they how can they do that? Uh, they can go to my website, rust2024.com or my Twitter and or Facebook. All right. Thank you for coming in today. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 10 minutes in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's known as Mr. Wonderful. Thank He's you. also Thank you. Oh, no, not you. Oh. Not you, silly. That's Rob Kendall. We have a different name for you. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, also the chairman of O'Leary Ventures. I'm talking about Kevin O'Leary. You probably know him from Shark Tank. My mother loves the Shark Tank. She watches the Shark Tank mm-hmm. on a loop, and she uh, she is just in love with Mark Cuban. Has she come up with any ideas to present on the Shark oh, Tank? Oh, my mother has ideas, Casey, <laughs> that I I. I just, I mean, just a litany of ideas, mm-hmm. and it's amazing none of them have turned into million dollar ideas. That's, I, I, I just need one, just one million dollar idea, well, right? I, we had to explain this was a couple of years ago. 
about what a just crazy liberal Mark Cuban was, mm. and it just broke her heart when she found that out because she loves Mark Cuban. And is she still a fan of his, oh, even though she oh, found that out? She thinks he's a very beautiful person, mm-hmm. both in physical stature and in wallet size. <laughs> yes, he does have a big wallet. And Kevin O'Leary also has a big wallet, and he recently said that he would never invest in a loser state like New York because of how they treated Donald Trump. Well, we talked about this yesterday Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're a business owner, you got to be looking at this going, what in the world is happening here? You got some guy who owes $355 million for for nobody being mad at him other than the government. Mm -hmm. Like, no, there is no victim here. There is nobody that came running going, oh, my gosh, Trump totally didn't pay me the money that he owes me. Well, the governor said, no worries. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) We're not going to come after you, mom and pop business. We're we're just going after Donald Trump. But uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, said there's no chance that he was going to put any more of his money in New York, and instead he would invest in winner states. Doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. So, yeah, those remarks kind of... I don't know, they shed a broader concern about the investment climate in that state and also regulations that are going on there. Well, this is what we talked about, why the Trump thing everybody needs to care about, because it isn't just about Trump. It is about Trump, but it's not just about Trump. And what I mean by that is it's about sending a message to other people, whether they're wealthy individuals or just, you know, people outside the political, you know, bubble box of power structure of don't get any ideas, don't get involved, because you see what happens to him and you see what will happen to you. And look, if I'm somebody who owns, um, look, you know, my net worth is about nine cents. So it's no big deal to me. <laughs> like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and that's the way it's just going to be. Um, but if you're somebody who has built, a, you know, an empire or you, even if it's not an empire, if you build a, you know, a very viable small business or whatever, you got to be looking at this going, I got to get out of this place. Mm-hmm. So if New York is a loser state, What is a winner state? I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice, those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. Uh, None. Here's the only thing I'm going to say about that. And he's obviously far more wealthy and successful than I have been. However, as someone who used to drive through West Virginia on Mm -hmm. the regular, Mm -hmm. I don't know if Winter State would be the description. I would like to drive through West Virginia with Mr. O'Leary and challenge him as we go through the entire state for him to say this is a winter state. It's a beautiful state, though. Have you been? We've clearly been to different parts of West Virginia, Casey. It's beautiful. The mountains, the foliage. This looks like something out of a Dickens novel. 
horrible. You think so? It's horrible. Do we have to go to a break? Is that the music started? I didn't know. Oh, we do have to go to a break. Okay. All right. Hey, Nikki Kelly from the Indiana <laughs> Capital Chronicle is yeah. going to join us when we come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, We've got a lot to cover with her. All sorts of ballot challenges going on. This is crazy. All right. She's on the way from 93 WIBC.